jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of darkness! I have been watching movies like a mad woman this week, I tells ya. Oh, she's off the rails. Off the rails, off the hook. <laughs> she's a crazy uh, train. Yeah, just watch, watch, watch stuff. And I have to say, one thing I watched. Uh-oh. Now, <clears throat> I'm not going to name any names. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, this bodes well. Mm-hmm. However, uh, a person who lives with you, whose name might rhyme with Schmason, let's say. <laughs> okay. Hypothetically. But I'm not naming uh-huh. any names. Hypothetically. Yeah. No, uh, no. When asked about... The 2020 version of The Grudge. (laughs) Said, it's just basically another Grudge movie, right? Like, whatever, it's another Grudge movie, no big deal. Now, I, Stacey Ponder, subscribed to Star's channel so that I could watch the Nexium documentary Seduced. Okay. Of course, yeah. Not just for the grudge, but also for seduced. <laughs> just for seduced, honestly. And then looking at their other fare, I said, what else should I watch on here before I cancel my subscription when seduced is over? Yeah. Um, okay, the grudge is on here. The cast of the grudge, 2020. Unbelievable. Oh, killer. It's a killer fucking cast. Andrea Riseborough. Oh. Jackie Weaver. Jackie Weaver in a grudge movie. What? Oh, <laughs> what? Betty Gilpin. Oh. Uh, John Cho. Who doesn't like John Cho? Only jerks He's don't like John Cho. Very handsome. He's a very handsome fellow. Uh, William Sadler. Frankie Faison. Uh, Lynn Wait, Shea. I know people. Frankie Faison? Yeah. What? From, from Sounds of Lambs? Yeah. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He what? plays Lin Shay's husband, Barney, in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> the Barney, y'all. What? Lin Shay's husband. I'm telling you, all their budget went to the cast and whoever did the cinematography because the film looks nice. It's a very. It looks like a David Fincher movie. Like it's a very it, nice looking film. Isn't it all sepia though? Yeah, it it's got that so rainy sepia. sepia, foggy. You know. Yeah. This was not, to quote Schmason, just another grudge movie, okay? (laughs) This movie was such a pile of shit (laughs) that as I texted you when it was over, if I die right this minute after having just watched it, I will die in a rage. (laughs) (laughs) Creating your own grudge scenario <laughs> creating my own grudge curse scenario the little spiders in your place <laughs> will run from stacy pile of shit <laughs> <laughs> 
I loved your. I loved following the chronicle of your Insta stories in this over that night, <laughs> where you're like, yeah, sitting down with the grudge, and they have a little video of the movie starting or whatever, and then your next is just no. <laughs> I was. I wouldn't say I was excited about it, but I was in a place of acceptance. I was like, I'm not expecting anything. It'll be just another grudge movie. Have you I were even told seen... it wasn't bad? I was told it wasn't bad. bad. Yeah. I now granted I have not seen The Grudge, the American remake, because why would I bother? I love the original. I know you're tepid on the original. I, I love like it. it. I like it the more I think about it. And I want to see all of them. I just feel like there's uh, too many of them. I've seen and... like all of the Japanese ones. I've seen Juan Black. I've seen Juan White. I've seen Juan One. I've seen Juan Two. I love Juan. It's kind of just like, here's a scary thing. Now be scared by it. Yeah. Um, but I, like the first sad. film and everything, I, it's very sad. I love the sort of urban legendy aspect of it. Um, I love that, like, The Ring, the American remake, actually. Um, I love that it kind of takes all of the sort of ghost mythos safety measures that we've all assumed we have and said no no Mm -hmm. you think you can hide under your blankets no no we'll get you there too you know i love all that shit i was willing to accept that it would just entertain me did not entertain me (laughs) it succeeded in nothing except raising my blood pressure so here's what I'm curious about, and I want to see how much longer we can get you to talk about the grudge before you do pop. So, like, <laughs> d- does, um, because the, I've seen, so I've seen the original, which I do want to rewatch and reevaluate. Uh, I think I was just in a bad mood, and it, I was, like, bummed out that it was so hopeless, but the more I've thought about it and also become hopeless, the more I kind of like the idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, and then I am just overwhelmed because there's too many of the movies, but, I mean, same thing with Ring, and I've seen all those, and I don't even like those ones. But um, in the, I've, so I've seen the original, and I've seen the first remake with Sarah Michelle Gellar, and of course Bill Paxton. But I'm in that one. They still, it was the same director, and they still set it in Japan, and like she goes over there, and I think is like a nursing student or something, and like stays in the right. house or goes to the house somehow. But this one isn't this one like in a Kansas or some shit. Yeah, it's it starts out, and this woman, I don't know if she's from the original Grudge movies, because I haven't seen them, but it doesn't matter. She's standing in front of the iconic house in Japan, mm. and she's on the phone, and she's like, hi, Yoko, because of course she's talking to Yoko. <laughs> Yoko! <laughs> it's me, American woman, who's been working over here. I have to leave. I have to go back home to America to my family and then Kayako is like you know makes the noise because she's a cat now because <laughs> she's, she's Chewbacca adjacent yeah. <laughs> and then the woman goes home that's all we get of Kayako in this film P.S. wait is she, she like goes in the home. window or something she's like behind the woman she like kind of crawls up her back but it's it's not the same actress it's like a one second shot 
basically. Oh, an imposter okay. kind of, like, like that Mrs. Voorhees in the remake, an imposter. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this woman goes home and then she kills her husband and daughter. And so then that house is in the grip of the rage. <laughs> but it's just every, like, post-computer ghost movie you've ever seen. So the ghosts that we see are her daughter and her husband, but they're just CGI. Like, they don't have the Juan look about them. They're yeah. just like, I'm rotting. And it's just computer, <laughs> and you can tell. And tell the whole they say that. yeah they do and sometimes you hear the noise like the famous chewbacca noise yeah and then everybody who goes in the house like falls under the even if you only go in for a minute you fall under the curse and then maybe you'll kill somebody or you'll kill yourself it's atrocious do they wait why does the sound did she strangle one of them because wasn't kayako like that because she was strangled or something wasn't that why she was yeah but i mean She's yeah. celebrating Life Day. <laughs> yeah. As we all know, B. Arthur originally played Kayako. <laughs> Reprising her Life Day yes. role. Um, yeah, no, it's just because that's the noise. You know, like, that's the only reason why it's in there. That's so stupid. That's like, okay, wait. So she, she American nurse, American woman, did she go into the house in the beginning? Well, I, we assume that she came from the house because she's standing in front of it and she's been working in Japan for some oh, amount of time. Okay. But like she told Yoko, it was time for her to go home. But the grudge doesn't make you kill people. I thought it just means you're going to get killed by the ghosts. <laughs> you might think that, but you haven't <laughs> seen the grudge 2020. <laughs> oh, no. So you hallucinate or whatever, and then you kill people, and sometimes you get angry and kill people. It's it's such a pile of shit. It is nothing you haven't seen if you've seen any American ghost movie. You know, the, the whole thing is mostly like, you know... Oh, is that somebody standing next to me? Oh, no, it's there's nothing there. Oh, on my hand. Oh, there's nothing there. Yeah, I saw the clip of John Cho getting the hair hand for some reason. And I'm like, what? This is the, I've seen, that's happened like three times now. Between the yeah. original and then the dumber one in the Grudge remake. And then what looks like the dumbest one where it's popping out of his hair in the shower. Mm-hmm. why and they <laughs> they spend a lot of time giving these characters background you know which is laudable in one sense like john cho is married to betty gilpin and she's pregnant and the baby has als or something like it's been diagnosed in utero and so it's like are they gonna have the baby are they but it doesn't matter because then he goes to the grudge house because he's the realtor and then he comes home and he kills her like and that's it's just, it so that's it that she that's it, all she's in it Pretty much, like she's in several scenes, but that's her story arc. Uh, why would he's like, wah, wah, the- I don't, I don't know if I should have the baby or not. Like it crisscrosses back and forth across time, a little bit, and you say to yourself, "Oh, that's nice." Like Korean horror movies do that, Japanese horror movies do that, but here they tell you because they'll put on the screen like it's 2011. That way, you don't have to think about it that it's the past. <laughs> it's. Well, that's nice. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I was. What so does Jackie off. Weaver do? She is, is an she end of life boy? coach. <laughs> <laughs> She's like. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, no, she um, <clears throat> is an end of life, like, uh, like she helps people commit suicide uh, humanely. And oh, Frankie she's a Kevorkian. Yeah, she's a Kevorkian, and Frankie Faison has called her because he thinks Lin Shay is ready for that, so she oh. goes to the house. But they live in the house where the woman killed her husband, like, see, they've lived in the house where the woman killed her husband and daughter. So now Lin Shay sees the daughter and talks to her. So Frankie Faison is like, she's a cuckoo. Let's put her out of her misery. It's <laughs> very professional of her. Yeah. And so Jackie Weaver stays there for a few days. and But, but just being in the house means she gets haunted at the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we and then when she, And then when she's driving home, she's like, oh, there's a ghost. And then she crashes and dies. <laughs> Tell me she says that. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie Weaver, a teamed character actor. (laughs) 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 It is such a fucking pile of shit. I was so angry that I spent all that. I I was mostly angry that that amazing cast was completely wasted. I mean, well, and that's a good director too, isn't it? Didn't he do something you liked? Maybe. I thought he did like under the not in this case. (laughs) I don't think it was him. I don't think it was him. But it's just I was also wondering why Andrea Riseborough had an undercut in like 2011. Uh, Her character is like we presume like she was married to a man. They have a child. Yeah. And here's this woman with this iconic lesbian haircut in 2011. Like, it was just very anachronistic and didn't really fit with her character, and I wondered about that. Oh, yeah. But, oh well. I Canceled even... stars, let me tell you that. I can't. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I can't believe they just... And you held on to that for a while, because Seduced ended, like, a month ago. <laughs> yeah, and then I was finally ready to watch it. I was finally ready. Because wow. you know what happened? They I accidentally they charged me again for stars because I kept it too long, and I was like, oh, God hell fucking no. damn it!" Yeah. So then I was like, "All right, cancel it right now and watch this movie." What a mistake! <laughs> and now the curse reenacts itself. <laughs> yeah. So I'll be starring in the sequel, <laughs> where I just <laughs> yell on a podcast. <laughs> as long as I get to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I'm gonna hold people's hands in the grocery store, and then when they turn, I'm gonna run away so they don't see me. <laughs> oh, that's so scary! Yeah, it's yeah. always so scary, especially when it's a full-grown woman doing it. <laughs> wow, it's one thing. Well, it's one thing when it's a ghost child, when it's a full-grown adult woman who's still alive doing it. Then you really start to worry. Anyway. Oh, God, whose hand was I holding? It's been a long pandemic. (laughs) It's been a long pandemic. Uh, Oh, wow. Yep, so that was a big part of my week. That's beautiful. You know, Jackie Weaver was in Picnic at Hanging Rock, which Mm -hmm. is a fantastic movie, in which our our pals over at Faculty of Horror um, just did a new episode on. Yes, they did, and it's really fantastic. Um, I listened to it. Uh, they did it because Kay, who runs Salem Horror Fest, 
uh, gave to their Patreon, which allowed Kay to choose between two movies, but Kay passed that privilege on to us oh. to choose two movies for the faculty ladies, Alex and Andrea, to choose from to do an episode on. So we gave them Picnic and Hanging Rock, and they did their episode, and it's like, I mean, it's really good, you know, as always. I can't wait to listen. Um, I still need to listen, but it seems like, I'm just, I'm so happy they went with that one of the two, and Mm -hmm. that that is, it just seems like such a fruitful (laughs) movie for them, and a very faculty movie. I can't wait. Yeah. Especially since our episode is like... Everything's gay. They're all gay. And then they <laughs> bag out. They're all, they're all gay. And they're like, well, here, let's talk about Aboriginal history in Australia. And we're like, oh, yeah, gay! we forgot all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Canadians so I are think, so thoughtful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the gist of their show, you know. And yeah. that's the gist of our show. Yeah. Everybody's gay. Get naked so. and fag out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a nice, uh, definitely, if you listened to our episode on Picnic and Hanging Rock, you should definitely listen to their episode on it. It's a very nice sort of bookend. I was so happy because we get tagged in things and I was so, I was seeing that, seeing that episode come out and then seeing people watching it for the first time. And I was just so Mm -hmm. happy because that was, you introduced me to that movie. I've wanted to see it for years. I'd never saw it for whatever reason until the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Which now feels like 300 years ago. Doesn't it? And so that movie is a time-honored classic in my of mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, oh, really? shit, that's a good movie. Well, because time has been passing as it does at Hanging Rock, which is like, when am I? You know? <laughs> Can I just go into a rock now and become a lizard or whatever? Can I just go disappear? <clears throat> yeah, just let me disappear in that crevasse. <laughs> Let me cast off my corset and disappear. Ooh, when you put it like that. Mm. <laughs> Kayaka, what are you doing here? Eartha Kit is, Chewbacca is, Kayaka <laughs> is in <laughs> The Grudge Life Day, starring B. Arthur. Live at Hanging Rock. <laughs> it all ties together, friends. It all ties together. Yeah. Oh. So, I mean, you should listen. I'm sure people listen to Faculty of Horror anyway, but you should. It's a real good show. If you want to, like, learn stuff and have, hear people have a good conversation. And then you come here for the nonsense of two fools just <laughs> saying that everything's gay. <laughs> just screaming into the void. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Oh, well. Oh, well, that's sweet of them. I'm so glad that that happened. Um, we were able, though... Um, this week, Stacy, we've been threatening a return to an Asian invasion. And I realized we didn't really do that, but we kind of did this week. Kind of. We, we kinda found kinda a did. way. We f- Life we found, found a way, like Jeff Goldblum <laughs> said. As it do. And man, oh man, what a week for this movie. <laughs> As we enter a crushing, <laughs> brutal winter. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I had never seen this film, and now I have. And now I am... Melting with grim, grim sadness. <laughs> what a depressing movie. Girl, Godzilla is so sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. Well, that's the thing. It's like I saw it for the first time a couple of months ago. Yeah, I think, I, like I had never seen it. I think that was an early pandemic one for you, right? When you got Criterion or something. 
Yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, I grew up watching, like, Creature Double Feature, and so I had seen, like, a lot of the color Godzilla films that are, you know, Godzilla versus Mothra or whatever. Yeah, what? Um, I, what's the one with this, the twin, this, like, psychic fairy twins in the seashell? Yeah. I've seen that. Like that. Yeah, and it's like, that was, like, they're campy and funny and weird and, like, oh, let's make fun of the dubbing because they were all dubbed really poorly. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And then I got, when I got the Criterion channel, I was like, I'm going to watch the original one. I've never seen it. What is it doing on Criterion? Like, they have, like, all the Godzilla movies just about. Yeah, they do. They have a lot. They have a ton of them. And I was blown away mm-hmm. by how different it is from what the series became how serious and somber and sad it is and what a statement it is and just what a fucking masterpiece of a movie it's beautiful it's so it was so upset like after the movie jason came up and was like how was godzilla and i was like uh, i'm sad it's... <laughs> yeah my notes my notes just became i couldn't write anything anymore and i just kept drawing sad faces <laughs> with little frowns yeah um, I mean, it's 1954, and it's really a statement on the way Japan was coping with their fear yeah. of the bombs, yeah, of the nuclear bombs, and also their kind of reckoning with their responsibility mm-hmm. in the same. It and really, it's just profoundly sad. It really feels like, um, I mean, I think because it was so fresh, because what, the bomb was not 45. even 10 years before. Yeah. Uh, it was, it feels like, which can you imagine being just, I don't, anytime you think about being that close to, it feels like those things seem so far off in history, right? Sometimes. Right. But yeah. it's like, oh, this is within lifetimes, you guys. And then when it was like, this was only within 10 years of it. Um, it felt like it was, I'm watching it was like, it felt like, and I, I could have read more about it going into this, but I didn't. I just wanted to talk about it freshly, but like, it felt like it was kind of a, Instead of making a movie about the bomb, actually depicting it because it was too close to reality and too recent and all that, it felt like they made this. Mm-hmm. And it it's hurt. It hurts. <laughs> it's um, yeah. It's a uh, it's it's a beautiful movie. It's so the the effects are so lovely and incredible. But even then, like like I went into it so excited, like waiting for like Godzilla to just destroy everything. And that happens, but it's by no means what the movie is about. And you really, you feel so much more of it. And mm, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I think it's got so much sympathy for Godzilla. That's when I got all the sad faces. (laughs) Yeah. It's, um, it's just... A picture. I mean, the the destruction of Tokyo, etc. In this movie, echoes you know the destruction caused by the bombs, mm-hmm. which is just. Uh, I mean, uh, it's just inhumane. Well, <laughs> like, there's no. I just. I get so sick when I think about it that it's just deplorable and inhumane and just. A, it was a war crime, as far as I'm concerned. And it just, abs- absolutely. It's hard. Hard to believe that that happened, <clears throat> you know, not that long before our existences. And not once but twice. Not once but twice, within a matter of days. 
Um, it, I think it really hits home. Like, the movie, I think, as an American viewer, kind of bringing that guilt to it, <laughs> um, it really is uncomfortable in so many... Uh, not not just the whole movie, but in really specific sections, too. Like, there's this scene where there's all the people on the... They're, like, on a tram or something. And, you know, the words getting out, like... I also, once again, something I love about Asian movies is everyone just accepts what's happening instead of, like, fighting it and arguing with each other. Yes. So immediately yep. everyone's like, oh, yep, all the scientists are right, absolutely. Godzilla's here. Gotta figure it out. And you see those people on the tram or something, and this woman, she's, like, complain. She's, like, cool and, like, modern-day gal. <laughs> and, and she's like, oh, I barely escaped the bomb in Nagasaki, and now this? Mm-hmm. But, like, she's just kind of flippantly complaining about it. But like, right, but it, it's, I mean, what a statement. It hits you so much that, like, that is a real experience, too, for how many people. She also mentioned the contaminated tuna. Yeah. Which was a real experience. Yeah, atomic tuna. Yeah. Um, there's the woman later on, as Tokyo is being destroyed, that really broke my heart, the woman with her three small children. Oh, I wrote that down. Um, as, you know, everything's catching on fire and it looks like the end. And she says, we can, we'll be with daddy soon. Like, we'll go be with daddy. And it's like, what happened to daddy? You know, no we know what happened to daddy. Like, it's just, it's a devastating movie. And I almost texted you last night because I also rewatched Godzilla King of the Monsters just because I felt like it's such an interesting contrast. Is that, King, which, which one is that one? That came out two years later. Um, they bought basically the rights to Godzilla over here. Um, and then it's shorter. It's about 80 minutes versus I think Godzilla is like an hour and 35. They cut it down to 80 minutes. They inserted Raymond Burr into the film. Uh, and you know, to, to Americanize it. And it is such a jarring experience to watch the two of them either back to back or like within close proximity because all of the nuclear talk, all of it is cut out. Mm. It's like, they do say at one point, like the Dr. Yamane does say like, Oh, this is because of the testing that that's why Godzilla happens. But it's like, but that's it. <laughs> that's the only mention. Oh yeah. Just his one line. It's all the American missile te- or nuclear testing. And yeah. how that, how that, uh, the, broke out Godzilla's from their underground lair thing. Yeah. But other than that, there's no mentions of it. There's no mention about just surviving Nagasaki. There's no mention of, like, what they've just gone through. There's no mention. At the end of it, um, when Dr. Sarazawa, you know, kills Godzilla and sacrifices himself to do it, at the end of Godzilla, the original, they say, like, you know, this can't be the only creature out there. And it's basically a warning of, like, we need to stop what we're doing with the H-bombs and the atomic bombs, or this is yeah. going to happen again. At the end of Godzilla King of the Monsters, Raymond Burr is like, we lost a lot of people and we lost a great man, but that's it. It's over. So this is <laughs> like this is a case of Pulse, the Japanese version, versus Pulse, the American version. <laughs> Where yeah. in the American ver- in the Japanese version, Ghost Apocalypse happens. You just resolve yourself to the fact that you're all going to die and you can't stop it, and then you'll be trapped in Zoom for the rest of your afterlife. Whereas the American yeah. one, they're like, "Hey, Kristen Bell, here's a flash drive that has the cure, and then you can go stay at the military outpost. You good?" 
<laughs> yeah, it's the American like can do attitude, not accepting any culpability for anything. Like you would watching Godzilla King of the Monsters, you would not know that we dropped two bombs and killed hundreds of thousands of people. Stacey. Just not even ten years before. Stacy, that is. Not I mean, it's a not surprising. Conversation for I know it's not. Stacey. It's not surprising, but That's and also make all us of comfortable. <laughs> all of the Japanese dialogue, also in King of the Monsters, they don't put subtitles because oh. foreign films were not were not popular. So they had an interpreter for Raymond Burr, who would sometimes interpret things kind of incorrectly basically or they would just let people speak japanese and we had no idea what they were saying oh wow and then that way you, you don't have to bother trying to understand the the, the different people mm-hmm. you just you just hear american <laughs> yeah wow that's horrific yeah it's worth so, like, watching just to see like what we did to it <laughs> i think i might have seen it um because it was still black and white and everything right yeah it's it's almost it's you know features a lot of the same scenes and then they just put Raymond Burr they just shot a bunch of new scenes with him and like he'll have a scene with Emiko except they used a body double and so you just see her from the back yeah okay okay yeah because I I think I might have seen that actually when I was a teenager and I think that's why I felt so jarred watching this one even knowing that I like I knowing that this one was grim and more about the bomb but I, I remember it being more of like a can do kind of hmm. we can rise up and fight this monster black and white good time yeah uh, so they probably don't have that scene in that version they probably don't have the scene where they go in and they're they're after godzilla's because dist- godzilla's super radioactive and is also spreading radiation everywhere with godzilla um they get like that scene where yamane i think and emiko go and they're they're watching um basically all these victims or survivors and and there's a little girl and they're they're doing the geiger counter on her and she's like crying and and the the person doing the geiger counter is so upset because they know this little girl isn't going to make it because of how much radiation she's been exposed to Mm -hmm. they show it but they don't like comment on it there's no emotional impact at all in king Mm. of the monsters you know like they just kind of show and they're like well godzilla's radio radioactive and like the whole you know, in this film, Dr. Sarazawa has built this device called an oxygen destroyer. Yeah, which is um, fucking metal. Which, <laughs> which he just kind of did in the name of science. Like, he's a researcher, and, you know, like, the way the atomic bombs came to be, basically, mm-hmm. is like, how, how far can we push this? What can we do? Um, and it sucks all of the oxygen out of the sea, and then uses the... And then it also destroys, like, all life matter. Right? Yeah, completely dissolves it, it just like vaporizes you or something. Yeah, and he's determined that it will never get out because it's going to be used for ill, just like the atomic bombs were. And like the whole discussion between him and Ogata, who's like, we need to use this to destroy Godzilla. You know, Sarazawa is saying like, look what happened to the bombs. We can't let that happen again. And Ogata's saying, if it does happen again, we need to find out like... No, I'm sorry. I'm totally fucking it up. It's the conversation between Ogata and Yamane. Yamane wants to study Godzilla. Yes. Ogata wants to destroy it. And Yamane is saying, like, we need to study this and see how Godzilla is able to live with so much radiation. Because look at us. 
what if it happens again? And we are living with this radiation and we need to see how Godzilla is surviving, mm-hmm. basically. Which is like that doesn't happen in King of the Monsters. That's not a conversation at all. Wow. Yeah, it's so, it gets so. There's uh, dueling philosophies at play in the mm-hmm. film when you have yeah. Yamane who's, who's who wants to study Godzilla and figure that out you have Sarazawa who's dealing grappling with creating this like mega weapon that he knows isn't going to ever be used for good um right. and it's sort of that unfortunate curse of being a scientist uh mm-hmm. and then and then Ogata who's just trying to to survive and wants to be happy with Emiko yeah and it's just like how you can't have it's like the that those triangle graphs where it's like you can only choose two or like you can only have one right. you can't have all three right and it's so grim it's really grim it's so it's grim really especially grim. especially when it starts off and you're like oh, look at these two babes and <laughs> yeah. ogata and emiko are just like cute and happy and they're gonna get together and he's gonna ask uh the professor, her dad, to, if he can marry her. Right. And then n- the Americans have to go test nuclear weapons underwater and everything is trash. And then Godzilla shows right. up and everything is just pain and death and destruction radiation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's just amazing. If all you know are the campier later Godzilla movies, which are just like, you know, two kaijus beating the shit out of each other. How did it turn into that? (laughs) I think a lot of them still had, like, an environmental message, but they just really leaned into the sort of bizarreness of them. Um, This movie is such a shock. Yeah. It did put on my radar one that I want to see from 1995, actually. There's a film called Godzilla vs. Destoroya. Which apparently brings back Emiko in a cameo because she's one of the only survivors from the original film. And Destoroya is basically another creature that survived the Oxygen Destroyer and wants to kill Godzilla. And it's supposed to be like the only other one that really has the is serious and has the emotional kind of impact. And so it's more of a sequel to Godzilla than all the other ones. Is it the same Emiko? Yes. Yes. Oh, sign me up. Yeah. So I really want to see that one. I wanted to see Shin Godzilla um, because it just looked really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then I haven't seen any of the new American ones. I did. Well, I mean, I saw the Matthew Broderick one when that came out. That was a piece of shit. Um, (laughs) But I didn't even know about that one. That sounds so great. Yeah. 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 So... Because, I mean, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla versus Hetero versus, you know, like, there's so many monsters. <laughs> Wait, versus Hetero? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, versus the Heteros. <laughs> no. Hedora, well, maybe, Hedora, the three-headed one, and, you know, all kinds oh, of Oh, right, 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 yeah. And then there was, um, what was, there was the cartoon, Godzilla, with Godzuki, the little... Godzuki! <laughs> wacky, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm baby Godzilla! <laughs> and Godzuki! <laughs> Were we just talking oh, yeah. about how every cartoon had to have a stupid? <laughs> yeah, they always had to bring in the baby version. Scrappy like, oh, doo. No, I'm a chibi. <laughs> yeah. So, ugh. you know so this. Annoying. This is, but God bless the. <laughs> some of the edition, like the Wonder Twins, some of them are okay. Oh yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. I I felt really. Um, 
maybe you're gonna well you're gonna continue to learn more and more and more about how uh, naive and uh, uninformed i am but hmm. something hit me as i was watching this and i was like maybe there's some military history or something that i don't understand and don't know about world war ii but watching this i was really like why did we bomb japan like why didn't we bomb germany and then the cogs in my head start because i'm like you know germany which actually we weren't even going up against until way late into the game (laughs) germany had people in death camps and was trying to take over the world and japan was just kind of an ally right Mm-hmm. And then I think I Pearl think, Harbor. I think it's retaliation for Pearl uh, Harbor, but which we knew about in advance. Yeah, and we allowed to happen. And then I get, yeah, maybe it must be Pearl Harbor, and that, like that. But we don't want to retaliate for like the hundreds of thousands of lives that were murdered by the Nazis. But then, like, um, I think about that. I'm like, is it is it just also racism that is just it's more permissible to inflict this catastrophic damage and and try to annihilate an entire people in two of their cities like because they don't look like americans as americans thought of themselves i'm probably that's a big part of it is like i mean the germans were trying to create the perfect aryan race and here you have japan look at the caricature caricatures of japanese people yeah. At the time in, in comic books and cartoons and all of this kind of stuff. It's like they were, you know, savages who didn't look like us and they talked funny. Yeah. And historically, you know? even lead, before that, it was vile. Mm-hmm. And, and, but, but also like in location, like, oh, well, you could probably get away with inflicting this horrific environmental destruction and death uh, in, in like Japan or somewhere in the East versus somewhere in Europe where you have more of your allies and your friends and white people. Right. It just, I had never really thought about that aspect of the bomb, and it felt just, it just packaged this whole movie up for me in an extra layer of just sad. (laughs) What the American guilt and shame. They dared to attack us on our soil. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the time we bombed them, Germany was out of it. Yeah. And so it was like, this is going to bring the end to the war. You know, like that's the whole probe, the people who are still like, we were totally justified in doing it is, you know, oh, it brought a swift end to the war, you know, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily true. <laughs> no, and, it, and um, it was already nearing its end. Yeah, I it don't think we needed anyway. to. I mean, we detonated nuclear bombs on civilian cities. We killed hundreds of thousands of civilians and their lives afterwards. I mean, the people who like, did survive. It's the kind of thing horror movies were made about. Like fucking yeah. morning after. What's the one where the woman? This, you say someone threads. Like, threads. What does she diarrhea herself as she explodes or what she was it? She pees her. She woman who wets her pants. That's it. Yeah. That was her name yeah. in the credits, right? Yeah. But like that was those, the eighties, you know. Yeah, those were coming out thirty years later, forty years later as horror movies. That's like, can you imagine what it would be like if this ever happened? Right. And it's like, oh, but American exceptionalism. We made that happen to people who we consider others so that's but that just gets that gets written in this history of the american cavalry right so yeah we saved the day and ended the war by murdering civilians while also interning how many american japanese american citizens in concentration Mm -hmm. camps but we don't talk about that either no we pretend that never happened 
We absolutely just pretend that never happened. And uh, like, we were busy you're freeing not... the concentration camps on the other side of the planet, okay? Yeah. What? These are the kind of things that we're not taught. We're not taught about this sort of thing. Like, we're just not, you know? And, I mean, the people who survived the bombings over there, it's like, never mind health problems or, I mean, imagine the anxiety. <laughs> you know, oh, things like that. Real. They were basically shunned by other citizens because they were afraid like nobody wanted to marry a survivor mm-hmm. of this because you didn't know what kind of health problems they were going to have or what they would pass down so they yeah. were outcasts for yeah, nobody knew what was going to happen at that point what what the long-term effects were yeah it's horrendous it's absolutely horrible it's, it's unspeakable you know and so that's why this it's so shocking that, like, the campy monster movie is, like, a serious, basically, meditation on all of it. Yeah. Yeah, and Godzilla, is, it's, there's so much, I think, so much of it comes through with uh, the Professor Yamane, especially, and how he, he's, like, he's very pro-Godzilla, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. in that he, I mean, Godzilla's destroying Tokyo, and, or, like, <laughs> I did, okay, there was one part where I laughed. When it came to the widespread destruction, like most of it, it seems like Godzilla is just like being it. Like Godzilla comes out of the water, and then we just start shooting at Godzilla, right? So then Godzilla's right. like, "Okay, fuck you, I'm gonna blow up your tanks." But there's right. one part where Godzilla's like traipsing around, I think Tokyo, and like just looks at this bridge and is like, "You see this bridge? Fuck this bridge!" And it just <laughs> yeah, like destroys it. I, <laughs> yeah. I love the "fuck this bridge" moment. Um, yeah. Fuck your bridge! But that was great. <laughs> But otherwise, Yamane is just like is is has a lot of empathy for this creature, yeah. and and it reminds me of when I was a kid. Uh, my uncle, my gay uncle, believe imagine that he's my my favorite person in my family, the first person I came out to. He's my uncle Joe. He's a a, a saint of a human being. I love him. But I remember telling, like, he had seen the the Matthew Broderick Godzilla, and I had seen it that summer, and I was like, yeah, it's cool when the dinosaur Godzilla eggs hatched and the babies came out, and, and he he's so empathic, and he can watch a terrible blockbuster movie and come out of it with a really deep human read, and he was just like, I thought it was so <laughs> sad how they trapped that beautiful creature in the power lines or whatever and, and just killed it. And it always stuck mm. with me how he looked at that in, like, just a dumb action movie that i just saw as a fun like creature disaster movie at the time right and in this like yamani really brings that of like this is a there's only one of these that we know of and not only can we can we learn from it and help ourselves like this is a a living valuable creature mm-hmm. um that has ex- survived for how long like since the jurassic period Right. And it, we just haven't even noticed it. And we're just going to to kill it. Right. And it's... And, and it's so sad. And Godzilla is so also so cute. <laughs> and Godzilla is what it is because of man. Yeah. Right? So it's like punishing your own creation. I mean, it's all very Frankenstein. Like, friend... Uh-huh. <laughs> you know we're supposed to feel we're supposed to feel pity for frankenstein's monster but not for godzilla because it's bigger mm-hmm. i guess you know but they yeah. don't even like he you know yamane says we need to study it that's not even considered no right like they don't there's no like sense of like how can we trap it it's only how can we destroy it and on the one hand you almost it's kind of understandable as this uncontrollable you know gigantic monster is just 
seemingly rampaging at will and destroying everything after they have just kind of rebuilt after this national tragedy. You know, it's fear. It's just absolutely fear. But it is that because there's the the paradox in there that human beings have created the scenario where this happens. Right. But for human beings to survive, they have to continue to create awful awfulness <laughs> they have mm-hmm. to continue to use horrible weapons that go against nature and and um only have disastrous applications right and then we just bury it at the bottom of the sea and pretend it never happened yeah it's all over and Yamane, Yamane's all over. like uh there's more there's more but not in king of the monsters Oh, what a nice sacrifice of Dr. Sarazawa to go down, to dive down with his oxygen destroyer and set it off and make sure it worked. What a noble sacrifice. Wipe my hands. Glad that's done. Yeah. Yay. Come on, boys. Let's go get French fries. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, maybe fries. that's the... Maybe that's the way it is in other countries, too. I don't know. I haven't taken a, you know, I wasn't a, a youth in the German school system. I don't know what they're teaching, <laughs> you, you know? A little Fräulein Panda. Yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah. I've been playing some sauerkraut with the shit. Oh, do you have any marzipan joy joys? <laughs> you have little ringlets in your hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. I don't know what Japanese school students are learning, but I know what American school students are learning. And it's, it's you know, we came here and the Indians were cool with us. Like we shared some corn and shit. Yeah. Squanto taught people how to plant the corn and then, I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. the maize. And then the, yeah. the first Thanksgiving happened, everyone was friends. And then George Washington cut down a tree, but then he couldn't lie about it because he had wooden teeth. And then... Yeah. Abraham Lincoln yeah. freed the slaves, and then we yes. blew up Japan and, some and slaves, the world. <laughs> some slaves were treated very well. Yeah. Um, you know, some yeah. workers were treated very well. Yeah, some, so they and, were like, uh, you'd almost talk to them like people sometimes. Yeah, and I mean, look where they came from, right? There were savages also. Yeah. And then we bombed Japan. We saved all the people in Europe, in Germany. We saved the uh, world, Stacey. It was World saved War the world. II. Saved the world. Yeah. And then Martin Luther King happened. Racism was over. Yeah, we didn't assassinate him. We had <laughs> the FBI did yeah. not terrorize him up until his final moments. Yeah, and I just feel like it's only getting worse in that regard as, like, you know, religious organizations have a say in, like, what goes into the textbooks now. And we're just omitting oh. huge parts of culture, uh, history and culture, never mind, like having any culpability for anything well the forget me now syndrome i mean with the um what was that thing you were telling me about the trump instituted in response to the 169 you know new york times did the 69 project where they're looking at american culpability in history with slavery um what was the one that he trump instituted oh, right. he for was, schools yeah like patriotic the his it was going to be like patriotic thinking basically like just mm-hmm. north korean shit you know yeah, yeah. Where it's um, like, but it's oh. it's not until maybe you graduate from high school and you get your hands on a copy of Howard Sin's A People's History of the United States. Yes. And then you say to yourself, oh. Yes. I see. You take a woman's studies class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. That's always the root. <laughs> mm-hmm. That and that book. And then you go, oh, wait. Oh, 
Am I a terrible person? (laughs) Right. We're all shitty. And then you go home for Thanksgiving and your parents are like, what do you mean you don't eat meat anymore? What about peanuts? Don't they have feelings? You're going to eat peanut butter? And you say, dad, what the fuck? I have to eat something. (laughs) Plants don't have a metabolism. I don't know. What am I supposed to do? And then they're like, what are you going to eat that for? You know, just for example. I don't know. Yeah, this is a purely just a thought another, experiment. Just just another hypothetical. I'll call him Schmason. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, what could this country be? If I don't think people should have to have a college education to earn a living. Like it doesn't it's you know, like I whatever. I don't also think capitalism should be like the goal of life. But, I mean, people should be able to provide for themselves and their families and be able to afford a place to live and everything without having to go hundreds of thousands of dollars into debt to go to college. Absolutely. But I do think the also on the flip side of that is if people could have a college education and be exposed to these things and to be exposed to other cultures, it's like we would just be in such a better place, you know? Ah. I mean, that's the big lesson when Election Day happens and you realize how many white people are still voting for Trump or whatever, or people I've met here in Maine who grew up in their small town in Maine and never left that small town. And the ideas that they have about other people mm-hmm. are shocking. And it's like, you haven't been exposed. It's just like gay people, straight. Some straight people are afraid of gay people or have these ideas because they've just literally never met a fucking gay person. Well, because that's how you under. That's, it's not about understanding. It's that's how you begin to find empathy is see right. I mean, empathy is what it's, it's recognizing the personness of another person and being able to connect and say oh like it's like you both find something funny and that's an icebreaker and that you realize that you're both human beings with individual thoughts and needs and we don't you don't achieve that this is the shitty part i mean when i talk to kids that i work with about this like this is the shitty part about um being a a marginalized person of, of any kind of identity but like when when you're there's there's this kind of you know, we've had a cultural clapback to like emotional labor or like educating people, educating allies, educating, like constantly having to inform people about what it's like to be us, <laughs> whatever that us is. Right. But unfortunately, like people aren't going to learn unless if they have that one to one meeting point with a person that's actually been there. Yeah. And like that, and looking at, I think it's so funny looking at uh, the red state maps or, you know, red counties, looking where they, like in Oregon, you know, we have. Portland, which is blue, and then everything else is red. And it's like, oh, isn't it funny how people vote against generally the rights and well-being of other people who are unlike them when they live somewhere that is isolated from other people? Right. I mean, (laughs) and yet they're like, I mean, that's the way it was when I lived in Ohio, uh, was, you know, Columbus was blue and just about it. I think Cincinnati might have been blue. Yeah. Um, but just about everything else was red. It's like you're in, and but they call, you know, sort of. It's always the liberal bubble. The liberal. It's like every like it's the other people that are living in a fucking bubble and are afraid to step out from their bubble. Yeah. Of straight white people, you know, and it's just like being thrust into these. I, there's plenty of things I didn't do, had no exposure to until I went to college. Same. Know? Same. Whether it's fucking food, like something as simple as food, like trying something else. I had everything for the first time after I went to college. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And then I go home and I'm like, hey, family, what if we what if we had Indian food? It's so fucking delicious. What? No! Like, my mom is pretty good about it. Like, she'll try things. But my father's just going to, like, pop his top. And I'm like, okay, I guess we could just have, you know, a hamburger. Like, like what is wrong with trying something new? I don't understand. And it's like. It's not right. It's not right. It's not American. Like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. All you're missing is flavor. Like, <sighs> and I mean, we as Americans make fun of Canadians all the time. It has to be said. But like those Canadian mimes, are we not all boxing ourselves <laughs> into those little glass boxes? My mime wives. Your mime wives. Yeah, your, your Canadian harem of mime wives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's right? uh, it's so, it's just so, and I, I say that about red states too. I'm not trying to be like a ruralist and say that it's, you know, but I, I, I there are thoughtful, open-minded people everywhere, I hope, but it's, it's just oh, interesting sure. to me that you can look at like, like I was looking at New York. I did not know that New York is classically a red state with the exception of New York City, which right. shifts the whole, just like Portland or Oregon. But mm-hmm. it's like, oh, when you're spread out, the, a lot, the, a lot of, and dude, when you look at the red state maps, you see just a giant sea of red. But it's like the amount of people are so few and far between. Wyoming, where I saw so many Trump flags and NRA bumper stickers when I was there, there, there's like, you know, one family on their farm every hundred miles or whatever in certain areas. There's no such thing mm-hmm. as rural Wyoming. It's all rural. Um, and it's just, it's... It's just so funny to me that we're, we, we, we try to pretend that we, um, care about other people or we want to, but we really just aren't, so many people aren't informed about what it means to exist with other people. And we buy into that myth, that, that Trumpian myth. Well, I mean, and the, you know, that's all been exacerbated and exposed by the pandemic mm-hmm. of like, we have no sense of community at all it's all just you know well everybody i i will wear a mask but i need to be free to choose what i want to do that's that's the only arbiter of existence is like being free to choose what i want to do period there's no concern about like well maybe i should not go breathe my breath everywhere (laughs) in case it hurts someone else (laughs) there's none of that i have had it I, I mean, this country constantly shocks me. Um, does it shock yeah. me? Constantly egregious me. <laughs> to the point now, I think the thing that is just pushing me over the edge of like, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, at least we got ri- we're we're working on getting rid of Trump. But are you fucking kidding me? We don't. Has no one taken a kindergarten class? Do you not know how germs work? You wash your hands. The germs walk around on your hands. They get in your duty hole or your mouth. (laughs) You get sick. (laughs) Everyone knows this. It's called cooties. And there is such thing as germs that go in the air, including this Mm -hmm. virus, which is airborne. It's just like, what? How do people not? And, And I mean, I was telling you before the show, I found out I have several corona deniers in my family that we're celebrating thanksgiving and trying to loop in other people in the family to celebrate thanksgiving together how 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 i don't understand how we've politicized something that is just basic science well 
I mean, I think there are people who literally don't think, I mean, they've been so gaslit that they literally think it doesn't exist. Um, but then there's also another contingent that believes it exists, but also feels. But that said, I have a right to do whatever the fuck I want. Period. Yeah. yeah. That's what it all comes down to. And now it's like we see pictures from, you know, East Asian countries where it's like, oh, 100,000 people gathered for this sporting event. <laughs> That's like, what's wild to me. It's what's wild to me. But step one is the government like tracking you where you go. And that alone would never happen here, even though you had a fucking social security number from like the time you were born. Like the government is already tracking you. You have an iPhone. Right? You know how many corporations you and data an mining platforms are you are willingly signing up to have invade your privacy every step of the way. <laughs> You've registered your car. You took out a loan for your home. You have Netflix. Like, you're tracked. All of us are tracked all the time everywhere. But opting into something that says we are now going to track you so that they can do contact tracing, Mm -hmm. people would never go for that here. Ever. Ever. Which means we are just going to have to ride this out until it burns itself out somehow or there is a vaccine. And even then people aren't going to take the vaccine. But it's like having come to accept the fact that, oh, we're actually not going to do anything, are we? And even when Biden takes office, oh, okay, this is it. This is life for us until it's over. Mm -hmm. And it could have been over six months ago it could have been over seven months ago we could already be back to normal and still taking precautions but no we're just too fucking lazy and obstinate yeah the vaccine thing uh one of my relatives (laughs) who is one of the corona deniers uh said i saw her share a thing on she's white and christian I saw her share a thing, Baptist, I saw her share a thing on Facebook that said um, it was sharing the pledge. And the pledge was to not take the vaccine uh, if it's mandatory because it's going to have the mark of the beast inserted in it. She said, I'm not going to take any vaccine, especially if it has microchips in it. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, quad? I was so perplexed. And another, I've heard this from another Corona denying relative, um, was, uh, you know, well, they're, they're telling us all to stay inside. I want to know why they're, why they're making us stay inside. I wonder why they're trying to control us all and keep us inside. It's like, there's no elaborate scheme here. There's no one world order. Right. Well, that's the, the Anthony (laughs) sounds like you haven't heard about the deep state. Okay. (laughs) Oh God. It's just, we are so fucked. And it's like, sometimes, it's just, uh, on the one hand, it's like, okay, this is life. Like, what can I do? There's nothing I can do about it. But on the other hand, like I said to you before we started recording today, I've officially reached boredom. I'm bored. I'm bored. I've been in my fucking house for eight months. I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm so tired of looking at all the same things all the time. I'm so tired of looking at myself in the mirror. I'm so fucking bored. And this is never going to end. Okay. When Rowan animates this sequence of the show, I'm going to need Stacey jump. Jumping on the bed, Stacy hanging from the lamp, Stacy running in and out. To I hopefully Stacy's hands uh, curled into arthritic-looking claws because that's what I was. 
just <laughs> grasping at the last shreds of my sanity. Because you peel I'm your so face off. Bored. I'm so bored. <laughs> but you're doing it. You're committing to but it. But I'm doing it. I'm fucking doing it. There are times when I think to myself, oh, will it be okay to do maybe I will just I'll just go in the store if there's no one else there on my way back. But I'm not. And maybe I'm going too far. But like this is what I like if I coughed and somebody's fucking grandmother died because of it. I would feel bad. I wouldn't say, what a noble sacrifice by Dr. Sarazawa. Problem solved. I'm fine. (laughs) The economy lives on. (laughs) The economy lives on. Thank God the landlords are going to get their fucking money. Thank God the banks and the CEOs are going to get their fucking money. We'll be able to bail out the airlines again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I just, and it's like Thanksgiving just happened, and we know what the state of this country is going to be like in a couple of weeks. Oh, just two fucking weeks? death and sickness everywhere, and there will be people who, with their dying breaths, will say, I don't have COVID. <laughs> so with their sad. fucking dying breaths, they say they don't have it. Like, we're just, it's like, okay, I hope it stops. Which is a thing that is happening. Like, that's you, that was reported, right, by a nurse. Or a doctor yeah. that had been taking care of people that were saying that as they were dying. Yeah, they're like, you misdiagnosed me. I must have lung cancer. As they're about to die. They still think it's all fake. Like, this is how badly Trump has gaslit this country. And it just makes me want to find all the people that I know on Facebook who were like, I voted for Jill Stein! And just fucking put a boot up their fucking ass! <laughs> This is the kind of thing people, people like, didn't fucking think about. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, none of us could have predicted that he would be this bad. But this country has fallen to QAnon. I remember I don't want to go on. I I remember Hillary bringing this up in the debates and warning us expressly about this very instance of events. I don't know. I don't want to. But she was an imperialist, so... She was behind it. Have you not heard of Pizzagate, okay? She was trying to... (laughs) She was just trying to hide her child prostitution ring that she was running in the basement of the pizza parlor. I just... I'm sorry. I don't want to just yell. I know this is boring. I know we've talked about this shit time and time again for months, but it's just like... You watch a movie like Godzilla and you say to yourself... Oh, B. Arthur. Hello again. B. Arthur. (laughs) What's she doing here? Um, You know what we need, Stacey, is we need... Early in the film, there's those queens. They 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 have the they have Professor Yamane speak. They have the big like science. I know line. who you're talking about, right? And they're like the dude. The, some of the dudes are like, we have to keep this quiet. We need to solve this on our own as Japan and blah blah blah. We have to keep it quiet and under wraps and figure it out. And then there's a contingent. I don't know who they are, but like the suffragette queens of the world contingent. <laughs> yes. There's all these ladies in their house hats and their scarves, and they're they're like they're they're banging their hand, their fists on the table, and they're like, "We must go public. The truth is there." And and then yep. everyone goes along with the queens. And I was like, mm-hmm. AOC. <laughs> all yeah. of my all of our our no longer freshman congresswomen look at them right there in godzilla standing up for what's right, right. So, so 
We just need them. Oddly enough, oddly enough, they were cut out of King of the Monsters. Really? The women that encourage everyone to find a solution very early in the movie and everyone goes along with because they can't argue against them? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Did you also notice the scene where the, with the the ship liner the and the dancing ladies? There? Yes, mm-hmm. I right? noticed that. That was real good. That it was, was funny because they were all straight couples, but then there were just those two women placed right in the front. Mm-hmm. I was really yeah. I there this movie there's. I love that we screamed and now we're just like, okay, back to ladies. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, anyway, seeing, it's gay. <laughs> seeing those little moments of, of feminism happen. And then that brings me to my biggest feminist question about Godzilla. You tackled on this when we both, when we initially talked about watching this movie. Why do we assume Godzilla is king of the monsters? Yeah. Why is Godzilla not perfect queen of the monsters? Hmm. Well, in King of the Monsters, they made it very clear. Like, Godzilla, in the subtitles, Godzilla is referred to as it all the time. Yeah. And But in King of the Monsters, it is a he. Really? And they go, he, he, he? He, 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 he. <laughs> <laughs> King of the Monsters. See that? Your monologue um, about, I'm bored, and you're jumping on everything in your house, <laughs> and you're screaming about how bored you are. Place that monologue over Godzilla saying, fuck your bridge, and smash your right. bridge. <laughs> yeah. Queen of the monsters. Queen of the monsters. Why would Godzilla, like, she's clearly, uh, I, so I'm with you now, basically, is what I'm saying. Canon, she's a lady. She's a queen. She's a queen. Um, and it only makes sense that such a powerful, beautiful beast would also be female. That's all I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Man, there's so many. The effects work is so cool in this fucking movie. It's real lit. Uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of, like, rear projection and stuff like that. And it looks so good. And there's, like, this amazing shot of Godzilla looming over a really tall building. And in the windows of the building, you can see all the people. Mm-hmm. Like, looking out, like, that fucking cool-ass shit, right? Ugh. The scene of Godzilla walking by, like, walking through a river on the rear projection, and then there's a scale model of the bridge in front, and as Godzilla takes a step, the water rushes towards the camera from under the bridge. Yeah. Like, there's just so many ingenious... It's shot so ingeniously that I'm just... Like, the movie amazes me constantly. Well, that it's like a blockbuster creature feature, and it's also an exercise in unbridled trauma mm-hmm. it's just incredible and thoughtful and they don't they don't make huge action pieces like this and with that kind of subtext not even subtext text like a lot of disaster movies might have an environmental angle but then it's like the scientist being like the volcano's gonna explode <laughs> oh, why the ozone is something's wrong with the ozone but like we've talked about in a lot of the other asian films that we cover is that a lot of the like Japanese films, Korean films, like The Wailing or Pulse or these things deal with national tragedies, national guilt, all of these themes, and they do it through the lens of a horror film. And Godzilla does it, and it's a fucking creature feature. Yeah. Yeah, and it's entirely about the bomb. Yeah. And the legacy of and, that. And then this, and then Godzuki comes out of that <laughs> years later. Yeah. And then B. Arthur shows up. You <laughs> say, well, it's kind of lost its way a little bit. 
I was all the yelling everybody, but I really am bored. I'm sorry. I'm not going to go on and on about my problems in the pandemic. We all have our pandemic problems. I'm just saying. Stacy. I hit, I actually hit a boredom bottom. I, oh, I've been to that website. I think think when you're yelling, (laughs) I think our listeners are fine. I think they're having, they're dealing absolutely fine with it. I don't think you need to apologize. Well, I mean, it's a movie podcast. You, you know? did kind of turn into um, Veruca Salt for a second there. And it was really great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a tough time. I mean, we were only talking about the sheer idiocy of a country that's unwilling to do anything to re- repair <laughs> any of it. Well, that's, that's the thing. And it just goes on and on. And it's like, I'm just sick of food. Like, I'm tired of eating all the same foods. Like, I'm just... I'm tired. We're all tired. I'm oh, sure. could you imagine going out to eat? I know people that do it, but I haven't people done it do. for almost I a don't year. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine? Not gonna. I just I don't get it. Going out for a drink. Oh, well. Yeah. Ugh. So on that note, is, on that note, <laughs> <laughs> now that we've traipsed through pain, <laughs> Let's see how much more we can tolerate. Stacy, are you ready to place your head on the chopping block? I, you know what? The chopping block. I'll never get bored of the chopping block. I love the chopping block. I did not uh, come up with new categories. Me neither. I'm still, I'm like, you know what? We're going to get through some of these because I just have so many questions. I did the exact same. So good. I was just laying in abject terror on the floor and I said, I'm going to sacrifice new questions this week. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think There are more than enough. So old categories. Who goes first? I don't know. I don't care. Oh, thrill wow. me, baby. Caution to <laughs> the wind. Me. She's just... Oh, right. how does the game work? Do you know? No. Me neither. Great. We're in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, everybody knows by now, but this could be somebody's first episode, in which case I'm sorry. I'm oh, wow. Like <laughs> I usually act much more like a lady, as a lady should act. <laughs> In that voice, especially. I don't get heated. This is my lady voice. (laughs) (laughs) So, if it's your first time here, the chopping block is a question and answer game where uh, a person chooses from one of three categories. Each category has five questions. You place your head on the chopping block. You have ten seconds to answer each question um, unless you have one opportunity to call out, I want the wig. And then, <clears throat> much like Godzilla, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's wig from the 1981 film <laughs> <Halloween> 2 <laughs> rises from the sea. <laughs> yeah. And uh, is placed upon your head. Which is confusing enough for our non-binary executioner, the heads they. Uh, it grants you 10 extra seconds. However, if you answer incorrectly or time runs out, the heads they is going to say, fuck that bridge, fuck that head, <laughs> chop it off. 
You're dead. You're done. You lose. Congratulations. It's the other person's turn. That's the chopping block. Oh, it just gets more and more beautiful every time. (laughs) So, who goes first? I don't know. I feel like you went first last time. Does that mean you go first this time? If we're going to alternate. But who says we have to have a binary of one person going one week and the other person the next week? You're correct. Who cares? You're correct. Who cares? Well, um, let's not... We're not pro-binary, however... I am running a special this week, Stacey. Oh. A doorbuster special. Because, okay, we had Black Friday. <laughs> we had Small Business Saturday. We had Cyber Monday. Which, Cyber Monday. Which, doesn't it sound way more erotic than it ever is? It sounds like <laughs> my clothes are coming off. My internet fingers are going on. People don't even do that. It's not even cyber anymore. It's sexting now. Not in this house. <laughs> it's still... Listen... I don't know. I'm bored. It's, by the way, I'm referencing .com for murder. Okay. And if you know that, if you've been listening, yeah, an esteemed classic. If you've been listening to this show, then you know, I've mentioned in the past, it's been a while though, .com for murder. We reviewed it. Well, reviewed, reviewed we talked about it. Strong word. <laughs> yeah. And I've realized I made a reference to someone who will go unnamed. But something computery was said, and I said, oh, clothes come off, internet fingers go on, or something like that. <laughs> and then I immediately panicked, because I'm like, what if they haven't seen .com for murder, and they don't know what I'm talking about? <laughs> anyway, the killer in .com for murder logs onto the internet, sans clothes, but avec special internet fingers, okay? Like you do. As you do. Anyway, I'm just talking so much. Do you have a doorbuster today? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm following up uh, Giving Tuesday with um, uh, Gaylord's Wednesday, Stacey. And so I have... I have... You don't have... I don't have a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox for you, unfortunately. I keep trying. I I still don't have them. Are you still trying? Oh, my God. Well, as much as there was only one other release in the last week, yeah, I still tried again. And I still saw that fucking reindeer dog that said, oh, dear, too late. Anyway, so, okay. (laughs) I have a special is the bottom line because it is. We are staying alive for one reason and one reason only this this year. And that's to keep the capitalist wheels moving. And so I have specials to go in honor of this. So I am offering you... Your pick of four categories today. Stacey. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. yeah. They're all old categories. So in true Black Friday doorbuster fashion, it's shit you don't need. But, alas. <laughs> but it's cheap. <laughs> it's cheap. And so am I. You get four categories today to choose from. Oh, Lord. Your categories are hashtag not my killer, which is all about imposter villains in franchise sequels. Um, you shit. get... It's a dead, 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 dead world, which is all about zombie films. You also have your pick of the cash inning, which is all about <laughs> knockoff sequels. Not necessarily knockoff sequels, just lesser sequels. Um, and then your fourth and final category, over the river and through the woods. It's all about grandmas and horror. Oh, I, you know what? I'm going to go with the Grammys. I said last week that grandma had my heart or whatever. Grandma's. <laughs> my heart belongs to my grandma. Heart, my heart belongs to grandma. That's it. <laughs> Which yeah. you also were wearing your German girl <laughs> attire for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my. Oh, Jesus. Um, 
I didn't pick it then, so I'll pick it now. I don't feel confident at all about this category. Oh, but you should. I hear, I hear the word. I hear the word, Grandma. It's like a siren song to me. My boat is crashed upon the rocks, <laughs> and your eyes are eaten by grandmas. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, great. So, uh, I am going to give you a description of the of the film slash the granny in the said film and you just tell me the name of the movie or the franchise it's based on or the franchise it came from does that make sense okay sure i'm gonna give you sometimes it's just a few short words but it references the film describes it you tell me what it is you're gonna get these why am i nervous we've been doing this for months every time every time don't you just every time it's a little clench yeah every time you're gonna get these you're gonna get these that's my rap name (laughs) lil Lil clenchy I love all of our listeners that this is their first episode. Good job. I'm so sorry. I'm so, <laughs> so sorry. Okay. After Faculty of Horror does that nice episode, it's just like, you guys should really listen to Gaylords of Darkness. They recommended this. And then people come over here and it's like, and fucking. We're bored! <laughs> I'm bored! <laughs> I'm naked with my internet fingers on! What's B. Arthur up to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. You know what? It keeps them coming back. Okay. I guess. Okay. Are you ready for this? All I'm you do ready. is name Clenched the movie. and ready. Clenched and ready to go. Question one. <clears throat> Granny wants you to crawl into the oven to clean it. Oh, no. I don't know. That's <laughs> um. I'm about to wake! Oh no! I'm gonna cry! I don't know! My heart's a regret! I don't know! I thought you were gonna get it! Cause she says it in the trailer. She says, why why don't you crawl into the oven to clean it? <laughs> it's um M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit is the answer. Oh! <laughs> Stacy, are you in luck? Because we have another Doorbuster special. <laughs> no! I feel like this is a first. I feel like di- this might be a first. Were you pulled in? Where I die on the first question. Yeah. <laughs> well... Yeah. You could have your pick of a doorbuster Esther's caller. <laughs> I forgot how to say the word. No, it was not established beforehand. You're right. You're right. I must accept my punishment. I am now a headless lady. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. <laughs> Did you have fun? I had a great 20 seconds. <laughs> now you know what my life is like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay. Well, I guess now I have to give you four categories. Okay. If you've got a door buster, then I, too, must bust some doors. (laughs) Let them be Uh, busted. Let the doors be busted. And so you choose from one of the following four categories. All right. They're all old. Okay. Who cares? Okay. Category one. Oh, you nasty video. 
Oh, where yeah, yeah. I describe something and you give me the title of a famous or infamous video nasty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Category two, say her name. I describe a movie, the title of which is a woman's name. You tell me that title. Category three, do not do. I describe a movie, you give me the movie title. These movie titles all start with the word don't. <laughs> and category four, implements of terror. Where I describe a weird thing that a slasher killer uses to kill someone. You tell me the movie in which they use it. Oh, ooh. So, oh, you nasty video. Say her name. Do not do. Or implements of terror. You know, I'm going to play fast and loose with my status as a film programmer of any credibility. Um, I want to go with, oh, you nasty video for 500, please. <laughs> all right. You're going to get these. Emily. These are all, I describe them. You tell me the title of the movie. These movies are all the video nasties. They were. Tell people about video nasties, Anthony, the film programmer. Video nasties were movies that were uh, sort of like the satanic panic in the United States. Video nasty craze was a conservative response to violent films that politicians (laughs) presented as uh, being things that would be of ill effect on children. So these were banned films. Um, there were three categories of banned films as video nasties. There were ones that were actually banned that were confiscated, and then there were lesser ones that were just recommended not to be watched, as well as another category I that I don't know. I see. It's just Thank it's you. just people being conservative and freaking out over stuff because they're boring and hate everything. Anybody having fun? Anyway, that's some nice historical context for this category. I think you're going to get these. These are real easy. Okay. There's not a lot, but there's like so many. Exactly. That's a paradox, isn't it? <laughs> That's the definition when you look it up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, you nasty video. Question one. It's Tisa Farrow versus the undead in this 1979 gut muncher. Oh, Tisa. Oh, oh, shit in the ass. Fuck. Oh, what is. Oh, wait. 79? Wait. 79? Wait, I, I want the wig. Um, 79? Is, uh, is that zombie? Zombie? Is that your answer? Yes. It's correct. Oh, I, really? <laughs> yeah. Tisa Farrow's in that? Zombie it is. Lucio Fulci's zombie, which made, which surprised everyone, including me, when it surprised no one. No one read it. When I put up my list of 20 favorites on Final Girl for Shocktober, I put a zombie. I realized how much I love Lucio Fulci's zombie. It's so gross. It's so gross. It is so scary. Great music. Uh, I really love zombie. It's a really good movie. When they come out, the they come out of the ground and they got the magnet. Oh. So nasty when they're walking over the Brooklyn Bridge, heading mm-hmm. into Manhattan. Oh, it's cool ending. Cool as fuck. I had that T-shirt when I was a teen. It said, "I love it." Eat you with this yeah. zombie face. Yeah, it was cool. What a bitchin' fucking tagline. We are going to eat you. In the all end. caps. Yeah. Ugh, Exclamation so mark. We are going yes. to eat you. 
That's it. None of this, we are them and they are us. No, these are disgusting, rotten corpses that rise up from the ground and they are going to eat you. The end. All right, question two. Here we go. This 1981 slasher movie was co-written by Harvey Weinstein and marked the film debut of Holly Hunter. What? Really? Harvey Weinstein, 1981, and Holly Hunter? Wait, but Harvey Weinstein, 1981, 1981. Um, uh, um, shit, tits. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> real dead. <laughs> <laughs> the burning. Oh, motherfucker. Yep. That was in the very back of my head. The very back. The very back. Like, <laughs> like the With edge. the pantry moths and, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. L- listeners, let this be a lesson to follow you. <laughs> ah, hubris led to our destruction. You're a film programmer about video nasties. <laughs> I love grandmas. And look at us. <laughs> our worst showing in a dog's age. <laughs> we really we stank this week. Harvey oh, well. Weinstein wrote that. Co-wrote Can you that? believe it? He sure did. I think I got so hung up on that. See, if you said Jason Alexander, that's right. Why would I say same? Jason Alexander when I have Holly? Hunter when you have Holly as an Hunter, how did I not know that Holly Hunter is? not I fucking love Holly Hunter. Crazy, huh? Well, um, well, we fucked it up. Some. <laughs> If you came over from faculty, thank you, and goodbye. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. Thanks for stopping by. (laughs) Listen, everyone, it's, it's, oh God, I hate that I'm going to say this. It's December. Wow. This is a, this is a dark time. And clearly, we're all feeling it. And maybe more than anybody else here on Gaylords of Darkness, we are all feeling it. (laughs) It's a brutal, a long, it's going to be a long, brutal winter, so just prepare for more long, brutal episodes. Oh, good. That'll keep them coming back. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing next time? I don't think, we don't know yet. We don't know. We haven't decided. I know I'll be watching Asian Horror, but will we talk about Asian Horror? Who knows? Do you have something you'd like us to talk about? Feel free to say so. We have a website. Oddly enough, it's gaylordsofdarkness.com. On there, you can find our email address. You can find all of our social medias. You could say, hey, well, you guys should talk about this. We probably won't talk about it. But no, it's nice to have a suggestion. Maybe there's something great that you think we would uh, be into or have fun talking about. Yeah, a gentle suggestion. Yeah, because otherwise I'm like, do you want to do Whispering Corridors? And Anthony's like, I still haven't seen them. So. (laughs) So it could be done. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, right? Pop in there and find us. Uh, You can, like Stacey says, it links to everything. It also has our Gaylord Chape. And while we do not have any doorbuster specials on that site, um, we do, Stacey, have more Suspiria bumper stickers finally. They came back in. Oh, all right. Um, they came back in. They opened up their chest. My head exploded. And <laughs> so you can purchase those. We also are going to have a, a couple new things popping up here and there soon, too. Um, yes. So you can find all of that once again at gaylordsofdarkness.com. In the meantime, 
Um, <laughs> I got nothing. I guess goodbye, right? <laughs> this is the way it ends every week. We run out of things to say, and then we finally just say goodbye. Just call Jackie Weaver and have her kill us already. <laughs> <laughs> She's here. <laughs> For a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, oh, oh my, my god. god! Oh, oh my, my god. god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, ha, ha.